Hello and welcome to QPod, QIC's Investor Insights podcast series. I'm Craig Valenzuela, Managing Director for Global Business Development, and each week we invite our listeners to take 10 and get the latest economic insights from our in-house economics team. And good morning to our Chief Economist, Dr. Matthew Peter. I hope you're keeping warm up there in Brisbane, Matthew. Well, I've got a big jumper on at the moment, Craig. It's, uh, it's down to a very chilly 10 degrees. It's very cold for our international listeners in Australia at the moment. Matthew, thinking globally, the world's financial press at the moment continue to focus on the great inflation debate. So I thought we could mix it up a little bit this week and focus on the New South Wales Treasury who released its intergenerational report this week. As a proud Melbourneian who lives in Brisbane, why should a New South Wales-focused report capture our listeners' attention? Well, Craig, the uh, the intergenerational report, it paints the future of New South Wales as slightly less rosy, I might say, than the uh, the national average. And uh, as a Melbourneian, particularly um, as a as Bris- an adopted Brisbaneite, um, any chance to uh, to kick our uh, New South Wales neighbours while they're down. We always take that advantage. You know, we love to uh, have a go at you cockroaches down there in Sydney. But anyway, gags aside, Craig, look, the New South Wales Treasury's intergenerational report is the Treasury's gaze into their crystal ball, let's say, with projections of how the New South Wales economy, their population, uh, housing and infrastructure needs will all look like in the future. Uh, it's really important to institutional and long-run investors because it gives projections over a 40-year horizon on the size and growth of the economy, on productivity and population. And, and that's those, those factors are particularly important when assessing uh, long-run investments in infrastructure and property, for example. It's also produced only once every five years. So this is the, the first report we've had post-COVID, uh, so we can see a bit how they expect COVID to impact the economy. And it precedes the Federal Treasury report, which also comes out later this year. Now, finally, New South Wales actually, as we know, is the largest uh, state economy and it's the economy most similar in structure to the Australian average. So it gives us a good read on what to expect um, nationally. Yeah, congratulations to the New South Wales Blues this week for their biggest ever victory in the state of origin, Matthew. The report is titled Towards 2061, Planning for the Future. What are the main population and workforce trends that you uncovered being forecast? Well, we're going to have a bigger population in New South Wales. It's going to grow from 8.2 million people currently to uh, 11.5 million people by 2061. Uh, The population is going to be older, uh, Craig. Uh, A quarter of the population is going to be aged over 65 uh, uh, by 2061 compared to just 17% today. And we're all going to live longer. That's good news, Craig. Uh, Life expectancy is uh, going to increase for females uh, from around 86 years of age currently to 92 years and males from 82 years to 89 years. So, uh, Craig, we're actually narrowing slightly. I saw that, Matthew, yes. Yeah, Yeah, probably too late for me to worry about, but nonetheless, uh, good news for uh, the younger generation. The ageing of the population... Uh, will slow the pace of population growth by quite an amount, by almost a half. 
So they're forecasting population growth of just 0.8% per annum uh, on average over the next four decades compared to population growth currently of about 1.6%. Um, population growth will also be driven increasingly more by migration and natural increase. So of the 3.3 million additional people they expect in New South Wales in, by 2061, 2 million of those will come from overseas migration and 1.3 million uh, will be uh, the additional population from uh, locally born. So Matthew, you've commented then on the population changes, so how's that going to influence the workforce of the future? Uh, the ageing population will slow the workforce participation rate. They expect the participation rate to fall from over 65% currently to under 62%. And the combination of the slower population growth and a falling participation rate slows that growth rate of the workforce to a mere 0.7% per annum over the next 40 years, Craig. Um, that's approximately half of the current rate. You're listening to Craig Balanswala and QIC's Take 10 podcast, where our Chief Economist, Dr Matthew Peter, is taking us through the main forecasts from the New South Wales Intergenerational Report, so shaping your investment outlook. Matthew, we're very aware that locking down our communities and businesses must be having a significant impact to the future state. So how does the report anticipate COVID impacting those population projections? Well, it does lower uh, the population projections. Uh, the New South Wales Treasury are anticipating a permanent loss in international migrants, Craig. They're, they expect the uh, international border closures to reduce the migrant population by about half a million people compared to uh, pre-pandemic estimates, that is. Uh, in fact, they expect uh, the net overseas migration to be negative uh, over the next two years as, as people actually leave the state to return overseas. Um, and in fact, they're expecting uh, virtually no population increase this year and only uh, a 0.1% increase in population next year. Now, interestingly, uh, they expect migrant numbers to return to pre-pandemic levels uh, in 2023. But what they don't expect, Craig, is that the federal government will recoup those lost migrants that we've experienced during the, uh, the international border closures during these pandemic years. Yeah, and so noting the report also highlighted that ageing population leading to more non-workers for each working person, as you highlighted earlier, Matthew, and does reinforce how important the superannuation sector is going to be in Australia as we transition to retirement. How does the Treasury see these changing demographics, therefore, impacting the economy? Well, it's going to slow the potential growth rate of the economy uh, by around 0.7% uh, per annum. Now, to put that into context, Craig, that's a really big drop in potential output. And it would mean the New South Wales economy, if that was the only thing that was going to happen, would be about $200 billion smaller by 2061 than it would have been had the workforce grew at the rate it has uh, experienced since the turn of the century, for example. But... There is an offset in their projections to this lower rate of, um, of population and workforce growth, and that is 
an expected increase in productivity, which the Treasury thinks will re-establish its 30-year historical growth rate of 1.2% per annum from its turn-of-the-century trend, or the last 20 years, in other words, Craig, of just 0.9%. So if you put those two drivers of growth together, that is how many workers we've got and how productive they are, Treasury projects economic growth in New South Wales to average 2% over the next 40 years, down from 2.4% growth that New South Wales has experienced over the last decade. Now, I know that's due to the, obviously the, the, the change in terms of the amount of workers in the workforce, but I want to pick up on that productivity comment you mentioned uh, as well, Matthew, the growth aspect. This will be a, a meaningful indicator for risk assets, as an example. So where does Treasury think the boost this productivity is going to come from? Oh, yes, you're absolutely right. I mean, the uh, increase in productivity, if they were to get it, is going to be a really strong booster to risk assets, and it will be a, a strong booster to real wages and expenditure in the economy as well. Now, where do they expect to get it from? Well, they expect it from increasing skill levels of workers, uh, the ongoing adoption of advanced technologies, uh, both of these factors combined, uh, increased skills and adoption of technology, expected to lead to a pickup in profitability uh, for businesses, and that will encourage them to uh, higher levels of investment, which will deepen the capital base of the economy. Uh, that means it'll there'll be more machinery and equipment per worker, which further lifts productivity. And in addition to those effects, there are they're expecting to implement policies to enhance productivity, including a, a skills training program, more efficient infrastructure through a, a more efficient funding program. That may mean a recognition of greater reliance and greater ease of uh, private capital participation in infrastructure funding. Um, they are looking to free up land for commercial use, which we know is a constraint in Sydney in particular. And they're also pushing for a national approach to occupational licences to improve, you know, cross-state border movement of skilled workers uh, helping to overcome skills shortages. Yeah, but Matthew, one of the things I found quite interesting is that there's going to be a skill uplift and there's going to be increased uh, adoption of technology. But surprisingly, with this move to skilled jobs, the education spending as a percentage of New South Wales spending is forecast to actually fall. So does this just reflect the relativities that there is going to be a significant relative increase in health spending compared to education? Yeah, well, it, it reflects the ageing population, I think, Craig. Um, a greater proportion of old people, as you suggest, skew the spending towards health, but a lower proportion of young people also skews the spending away from education. You're listening to Craig Balanswala and QIC's Take 10 podcast, where our Chief Economist, Dr Matthew Peter, is taking us through the main forecast from the latest New South Wales Intergeneration Report that's shaping our investment outlook. You mentioned that the New South Wales Report is important as a leading indicator for the national average. How do you see Australia's longer-term growth outlook now compared to, say, New South Wales? Well, over the coming decade, we expect the New South Wales economy to perform very much at the average of the national economy, about 2.4% growth per annum. Um, after that, however, we think it will begin to fall behind the national averages. The mining states of WA and Queensland will lead the way with a concentration of fast-growing industries such as you know, our, our traditional mining of iron ore and, and coal, for example, but also their concentration in uh, uh, renewable energy, 
in terms of uh, also in uh, new economy minerals such as uh, lithium, copper, nickel, etc., but also fast-growing um, sectors such as tourism, educational services. Now, many of these industries also have uh, high and increasing rates of productivity, and furthermore, their economic activity is less concentrated. Uh, in their capital city so that the increasing costs due to land constraints and infrastructure expenses are far less in those states than in New South Wales, which is you know, so dominated by your city of Sydney, Craig. That's right. You're listening to Craig Valenzuela and QIC's Take 10 podcast, where our Chief Economist, Dr Matthew Peter, is taking us through the main forecast from the New South, New South Wales Intergenerational Report that's shaping your investment outlook. Matthew, let's bring it back to investments, uh, our institutional investors. What are the key takeaways for them? Well, the outlook for the next decade is one of recovery from COVID back to, you know, more or less pre-COVID growth rates. Thereafter, however, growth slows as population ages. Uh, now, the outturn could be worse if productivity fails to rebound to those long-term historical averages and instead remains at the very weak growth rates we've seen in the last decade. Um, depending on what you want to believe about uh, productivity, Craig, GDP uh, growth in the long run could lie somewhere between 1.5% and, and 2%. Now, interest rates will, will clearly have to rise from their current low levels, but where will they land is the question. Now, if the growth rates do settle at the New South Wales Treasury projections of around 1.8%, and we'd expect that maybe to be something like around uh, 2% for Australia, then we would expect uh, interest rates to recover over the long run to around 25 to 3%. Now, this would be um, about half the level of pre-GFC rates, which averaged about 5.5%, uh, and also a little bit less than the post GFC decade average rate of 3.6%. So either way it goes, I think, Craig, over the long run, low rates relative to history are here to stay. Yeah, very interesting. Thank you, Matthew, for that breakdown of that report this morning. And with the New South Wales economy reflecting those structural averages of the nation, its 2061 report forecasts are a solid reflection for our national forecasts and it's forecasting a $200 billion impact from COVID. And for those thinking, what will their kids be doing in 2061? Social and business services, at least in New South Wales, but what one of two people will be doing to pay those hefty Sydney mortgages where 86% of us will live. And perhaps a little selfishly for Matthew and I, we will probably get to see it all as we live much longer and thankfully healthier lives. I'm Craig Valenzuela for QIC's QPod. Thank you for listening and have a super weekend.